0: Love Talk Radio.
1: To the Rifleman Radio Show on Appleseed Radio. The Rifleman Radio Show is brought to you by the Appleseed Project, which is the sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. And what is the Revolutionary War Veterans Association? Uh, because I remember when I first heard of the uh, RWVA, and uh, it was through the uh, the articles in Shotgun News, <clears throat> the way I first heard of it, the RWVA, Revolutionary War Veterans Association, and I thought it was just an extension of the mad ramblings of uh, Fred there in that column that he was writing. Uh, and in my head, I saw a bunch of guys prancing around in uh, small clothes with uh, frilly shirts, and cups of tea and uh tricorn hats and stuff like that and uh doing english accents with uh w- with a texas accent <clears throat> and uh it didn't seem like it was really anything that i could ever imagine myself becoming involved in but in reality the rwva the revolutionary war veterans association is a uh, 5013C organization. It's a nationwide, grassroots, all-volunteer organization dedicated to bringing you the absolute best fundamentals of the rifle marksmanship program in the United States today. And at the same time that they're doing that, they're going to talk to you about American heritage, about American history, about the events that occurred on April nineteenth, 17th, That's the day that our nation began. That was the the very first uh, slap on the bottom of the little screaming baby that uh, brought this nation into life. So uh, it's a very important day, and it's a very important uh, bit of information that you're going to get by going to a Revolutionary War Veterans Association, Appleseed Project. The Appleseed Project is the only project that the RWVA runs. There's no, uh, uh, there's nothing else that uh, they do. The the intent of RWVA is focused solely on what I just told you, which is, uh, which is giving you the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today, and in telling the story of the men and women who stood together in ranks on April 19, 1775. And those are two things that, number one, you're going to be hard-pressed to find anywhere else. You're, going to, you're not going to come across uh, a good uh, Fundamentals of Rifle Marksmanship course. And you're not going to come across uh, the history of April 19, 1775 uh, really almost anywhere else. So. You want to get both of those together, what you're gonna to have to do is go to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship weekend. Now, as the RWVA, as the Appleseed Project is a not for profit organization, the cost is kept uh, tremendously low. For a two day course, it's only gonna be seventy bucks. Where other folks, where other commercial ventures are charging uh two fifty, uh three fifty five hundred, seven fifty for two days. We're charging you seventy dollars. And that's if you don't fall into one of the the many categories that are discounted or uh or the attendance is free. So there you go. You've got a uh you have two things which are are going to be hard to find anywhere else to begin with, and you have them the prices for attending completely discounted too. So this is a really good uh, a really good uh, synchronization of of events. <clears throat> and why should you go to an Art of the VA weekend? Why should you attend an Apple Feed Rifle Marksmanship event? Well, there's a probably a lot of different reasons that uh, that you don't even know that you can't answer because you don't know because they're, they would be answered there at the event. But I'll give you some very likely ones. And One is that uh, this is the only place that you're going to get all of the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship in one uh, in one zipped up package. You can go to different uh, rifle courses across the United States, or you can go, or you can just shoot on your own. You can go and you can go to the range and shoot, and uh, uh, and you can eventually wander into having some kind of skill of rifle marksmanship. And listen, I'm not going to tell you that you can't do that.
2: Uh, there have
1: been uh, thousands of people who have. Uh, Sergeant York didn't attend an Appleseed uh, Rifle Marksmanship Weekend, but guess what? <clears throat> Some of the skills and techniques that he used and passed on, we're going to give to you, all right? You can teach yourself to shoot. You can actually even become a rifleman on your own, But, but having spoken to many... Of uh, the men who, and women have, who have done this, it's going to be a much, uh, much more difficult road to hoe without coming to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Weekend. What we're going to do is we're going to give you <clears throat> the full set of uh, skills and techniques that you're going to need in order for you to shoot to rifleman standards, and uh, and we have we're not talking about some uh, high pinnacle that uh, you can't reach. We're going to teach you to shoot to 4 minutes of arc, all right? That means that you should be able to shoot uh with a uh, rat grade rifle and surplus ammunition, you should be able to shoot out to 500 yards with iron sights and put one round on the target every uh 2 to 4 seconds for as long as you have ammunition. Thank bang, bang, as long as you have your ammunition, you can keep shooting, and you'll put one round onto the target at 500 yards <coughs> every, uh, every two to four seconds until that rifle goes empty. That's the standard that we're looking for. Uh, if you're going to shoot into closer distances, say 25 meters, then uh, if you can put 10 rounds into a quarter, In 60 seconds from 82 feet, that's the standards we're looking for. That's what we're going to show you. These are the things, the skills and techniques that you'll learn are the things that you're going to need regardless of what discipline, what uh, rifle discipline you are going to pursue afterwards or if you're never going to. It's going to be the same skills and techniques you'll use for wherever you're going. That's if you're going to be shooting tin cans, all the way out to if you're going to uh, try and uh, and have a set a goal for yourself of uh, of winning uh, a, the, the Palma, it's still all going to be the same skills and techniques. And on a rifle marksmanship weekend, you'll actually have people to the left and right of you, uh, at all different skill levels. You'll have folks that uh, that either you've seen you've seen them just uh, pull the box out of the back of their car and open it up and get their brand new rifle that they've never touched or fired before. Uh, they just picked it up from Walmart on the way, all the way to those folks that uh, are going to be pulling up their fancy cases and boxes for their long guns, along with their data sheets and their hand loads, et Everybody's going to be there, and everybody's going to learn something. Everybody's going to learn something, because even if you've shot, uh, even competitively, then uh, uh, like uh, one of our instructors, uh VA shooter. Uh, Doug was shooting for the military for 40 years. Excellent shot. But guess what? When he came to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship weekend, he learned some things. He added some, some more of the fundamentals to his skill sets. <clears throat> so, if you're looking for a reason, a very, very simple, a straightforward reason for you to uh, attend an apathy Rifle Marksmanship event is that you would like to improve your rifle marksmanship skills. And I guarantee you, if you come to the event with a teachable attitude and the desire uh, to improve your skills, you will. You will. For the course of course, we can guarantee that you will. <clears throat> uh On top of that, we're going to talk to you about the events of April 19th, 1775. We're going to talk to you about American heritage and history. And we can't can't tell you every single thing that there is to know about American history, but we can get you started, all right? Uh, We can get you started by giving you a starting point of the day that our nation was born and one of the things that the Appleseed Project excels at is telling the story. That's what we call it, telling the story, telling the story of the three strikes of the match that had to be lit in order for us to light the fuse to begin the American Revolutionary War. And if you're an Appleseed instructor, one of the things you have to do in order for you to become a full instructor to be able to tell the stories, the three stories of the American Revolutionary War of April 19th, 1775, to tell those stories in a satisfactory manner. Otherwise, you'll never become an apple seed rifle marksmanship instructor, not a full instructor. So that's the second aspect of it, is learning things that, uh, and some of the things you may well have learned in school. But I'm going to tell you, there's plenty of stuff in here that you that you did not learn in school, that they didn't tell you. And we are going to, we're going to explain to you some of the reasons that the colonies began to look at the possibility of a of a of an American Civil War uh, and how it began to put itself into motion and then how it came about, how the first shots were fired to bring about the American Revolutionary War. And whenever we talk about the American Revolutionary War, uh, really the American Revolution was a was more of a civil war than a revolution. You know, normally in a revolution, you have one group that is attempting to replace the government with something entirely different. And in the American Revolutionary War, we weren't. We were uh, actually—it was actually done by a group of very conservative individuals. They weren't looking to make uh, big changes in the way government is run. They were simply uh, attempting to separate themselves from England. So it was a—it was a civil, a war of civil action, more than a war of revolution. a few years later in France there was more of a true revolutionary type war where they where they took out the the french uh bourgeois government and replaced it with a government of the people that's what they that would be a more uh, textbook style uh discussion of a revolution but that's not what we did <clears throat> we were simply seek, seeking to separate ourselves and govern ourselves And you're going to find out a great deal about that, depending on who you go to, because everybody has a uh, a different way to tell the story. But you could very well uh, find out a great deal about the reasons behind it. All right? So, those are two very simple reasons why you would go to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Weekend. You want to improve your rifle marksmanship, which is guaranteed to happen. You stay there Saturday and Sunday, guaranteed to happen i'm not going to tell you that we're going to make you a uh a bench rest or a a high power competition shooter in two days now that's not going to happen but we're going to give you all of the skills and techniques that you need for you to transform yourself into one all right now even if you have no desire to to be a competitive shooter uh an appleseed is not a competition. You're only competing with yourself. It's an instructional uh, event. But even if you have no desire to be a competitive shooter, uh, certainly you can see uh, the benefits of being good at a skill such as shooting. If you're a hunter, wouldn't you like to know that you have a really good chance of making that shot with one shot? You're going to save yourself ammunition. You're going to ensure that you make a uh, that you take that animal in a clean, humane fashion, and that you're going to be able to take shots at greater distances. Rather than, uh, and I know a lot of you guys are telling me you're already shooting uh, deer out to 500 yards, but then I see the I see the places where you've shot the deer, and it's really 70 yards. You're going to be able to look out at 200 yards, 300 yards, and feel a great more uh, a great deal more comfortable. In attempting that shot, and and then another part that I want to mention of it is the safety. Appleseed has a uh, a fantastic safety program and a great safety record, and one of the things that you uh, and your family members or your friends and relatives, etcetera, ever comes with you is going to be exposed to and is going to learn is going to be the safe and correct way to handle firearms and uh, listen that that in itself is worth the cost of admission the price of admission right there is having two days of having the safety drilled into you so that from that point on uh, whoever has gone to an apple seed is going to have the safety drilled into them I'm not saying that it's Going to make you bulletproof, or that you're not going to be able to make any mistakes after that. Every every human has the capacity to fail. What I'm telling you is that uh, we're going to we're going to drive it into you. We're going to be on top of the safety. We're going to teach you the safety rules, the uh, uh, the six conditions for a safe rifle, the four safety rules. We're going to teach you. And then run you through over and over again the safe and correct way to handle firearms on the line, and uh, for you, your wife, and especially your kids, this is something that uh, that's priceless. All right, so that's my pitch on coming and attending an Appleseed weekend. The other thing is is uh, you know I hear folks all the time saying this and listen i was one of the loudest voices saying this what can i do what how am i going to be able to do anything other than bang on my tv because that was my only outlet previously you know i live uh, uh miles and miles away rurally and uh and i work day in day out by myself so i don't i can't be yelling at people from my cab window or something like that uh so how am I going to get to anybody? How am I going to do something? What am I? How am I going to get started in in pulling maintenance on the nation, on making sure that things are going right, doing my fair share? How am I going to get started on that? And for me, the answer was apple seed. Apple seed is like a it's like the it's like the gateway drug for uh, for folks to get involved in maintaining the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords them. You come to an apple seed, and, uh, and we spin you up and launch you on the apple seed launch pad. And after a weekend, you're going to be saying, all right, what, I'm ready. I, I finally figured out I, uh, that I have a responsibility uh, to my nation. So what can I do? Where can I go next? What can I do next to, to get involved and the help? And the first thing we're going to ask you to do is become part of the C Project, become part of the, the huge Paul Revere she, machine that we're making. But after that, it's up to you. The sky's the limit. You can get as involved in as much or as little as you want to, and then you will have as much or as little satisfaction from your involvement <clears throat> as you allow yourself to have.
2: <clears throat>
1: All right. Uh, so that's Appleseed. That is the the short story on what we do. And if you would like to find out where to attend an event, here's what you do: you go to rwva.org. Romeo Whiskey Victor Alpha. Dot org. That's our home page. On the home page, you'll see a list of tabs across the top. Second one from the left says Apple Seed. If you put your cursor on that tab, you'll get a drop down menu. On the drop down menu, select Schedule. All right, that'll take you to the list, a listing of the events uh, across the nation. The, uh, the first thing you'll see is a map of the United States. Now, you put your cursor on any of these states and click on it, it'll give you the listing of the events that are occurring in your state. If you want to see the events uh, for the whole United States, then you can click on the link that's embedded in the text up above the map, and that'll take you to a full listing of the events across the United States. Uh, Now... Once you've decided to come to an Apple Seed event, or, or even if you have decided, I guess what I'm trying to say is decide. Either you're going to do something or you're not, all right? Either you're going to do something or you're not. And if you're not, then just go back, get back on your couch, get the remote control, turn the TV on, switch it over to uh, one of those 30-minute sitcoms. And the way it's set up, the way the the, uh, TV programming is set up. It's, you should have no problem skipping from one stone to the next so that your feet never have to get wet or muddy in reality. You can just skip, you can skip from one stone of a 30-minute sitcom to the next probably for 24 hours a day. And just sit back, relax, and, uh, and let life wash over you with no control in it, with no uh, with no guidance, like a, a ship without a a sail or a sea anchor. <clears throat> or decide to do something. Decide to attend an event. Don't just uh, window shop. Uh, just don't don't be a looky-loo. If you're going to go to an event, go to one. All right. <clears throat> Look at the events that are listed. And I'll tell you, right now, uh, there is an Appleseed event going on every weekend of the year. And there is one this coming weekend within a reasonable driving distance to you. You could go this weekend. I say that. It may be sold out. But uh, if you really want to go to an event, there's one coming up this weekend. And I encourage you to attend it. <clears throat> that means that when you go to the uh, schedule of events page, don't go there to just window shop. Don't go there and say, "Oh, I've, yeah, look, there is one that's real near me." Just like Scout said, I didn't believe him, but there is one. All right, well, let's move on. Let's go into something else. If you if you are, are are at the the schedule of the events page and you see that there's one there then go ahead and sign up for it the way you do that look to the right of the uh of the specific event that you've located you'll see two hot links one says information uh that'll give you the uh the directions to get to the place you're going to it'll tell you where it's going to be held uh who to contact for further information any local laws regulations uh etc then right under that is another hot link that says register all right, that's the uh that will take you to the event Eventbrite, Eventbrite page. Eventbrite does our registrations for us. And uh you can register right then and right there for the event. And we'd like for you to pre-register for the event. You're wa- you're always welcome to walk on. But walking on won't guarantee you a space. It just means you're welcome to try and come get a place on the lot. Uh and we're going to charge you ten more bucks for that because uh, because if you don't pre-register, uh, it causes it'll sometimes cause grief for us because it means we have to uh, uh, we, we may be strained for personnel or gear et cetera. <laughs> and we do that we uh, we do all of our planning by the number of folks who pre-register, so. If you'd like to come to the event, then please do pre-register. And uh, you click on the register thing. It'll take you to the Eventbrite page. Now, once you're at the Eventbrite page, then it's going to ask you some questions uh, or have some options open for you. And I'll tell you now that if you're a, a law enforcement, if you're active duty guard or reserve, then you're going to uh, be allowed to attend at no cost. If you were a woman or child, and that is a uh, a uh, under twenty-one years of age, a woman will be charged ten dollars, and a child five. Uh, women and children were free, but because it was it was causing a scheduling issue, uh, because a lot of folks were, uh, a lot of times folks when they get something free, they don't place value on it. I'm not talking about just uh, the girls and kids doing it. The, the guys are doing it too. But you don't place any value on it. That means if you say, well, it's free, so, you know, I can I don't have to go this time. I can go sometime in the future, even though you've already signed up for it. That means that we may be sending extra gear and stuff to cover you, and you're not going to show up. And then you want to pre-register or you want to move your registration to some other Date and we'll have to do that. So, so that they did put a a, a ten dollar and five dollar charge for the women and kids, so that uh, so the folks would have a dog in that hunt, and uh, that is still a tremendous discount off the seventy dollars, which is a tremendous discount off of the two hundred fifty to seven hundred fifty dollars for the weekend. All right, now while you're at the uh, Eventbrite registration page then I want to give this information to you so you'll have it in making your decision on the next couple of clicks. Whenever you're, if you're coming to a uh, a weekend event and you're not in one of the free categories then uh, what we'd like you to do also while you're there is grab a $20 membership while you're there on the Eventbrite page and then when you come to the apple seeds after that, uh, if you do not shoot to rifleman standards, I'm not saying that you can't. You can do it. I've seen it done. I've seen it done by by kids who haven't shot before with a uh, bolt-action single-shot rifle. But I've also seen uh, professional shooters who are, that's what they do for a living, not be able to shoot to rifleman standards on their first weekend. All right? Regardless, if you come to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event, you don't shoot to Rifle with Standards, but you want to keep coming, you want to keep pushing yourself and improving your skills and techniques until you do shoot to Rifle with Standards and get a rifle and patch. If you take your $20 membership, the receipt for your membership, your RWVA membership, along with your receipt for your paid event for the weekend, to the shoot boss at the end of the event, and say, look, uh, I didn't shoot the Rifleman Standards. You know, I'm around the 180, 190, or 200 mark, but I want to keep coming until I shoot the Rifleman Standards. And then, and, and maybe I want to become an instructor. I don't know. <coughs> uh, then he will enroll you in the Rifleman's Opportunity Program. That means he'll put a sticker on your card that says uh, that you can come back to any event in the United States until you shoot the Rifleman Standards or for the next year. All right? That means you won't have to keep paying the 70 bucks. You can keep coming until you shoot the Rifleman Standards. We want you to shoot the Rifleman Standards. We want you to keep coming back. and We don't want to keep charging you for it. We want you to keep coming back and shoot the Rifleman Standards. And then we want you to take the hat. We want you to take the instructor's hat. And that's the way you can do it. With the Rifleman's Opportunity Card. So whenever you go to register for the event, you pay for your event. At the same time, you uh, click on uh, the RWVA membership. That's an additional $20. Uh, that will make your total cost uh, 90 bucks for your registration. Now, there will be, even for the free shooters, there there could very well be range fees that are separate from this. There may be a $5 a day or $10 a day range fee, uh, but we don't have any control over that. That's That's the... Uh decision of the range that's hosting the event for us, so for ninety bucks that's a guarantee that you keep coming back until you shoot the rifleman standards, so that's something you might want to consider when you're registering all right, so there you go you've got the uh the way to find an event. I told you how to get the information for that specific event on that specific day by clicking on the information hot link, and then the registration. By clicking on the register hot link, and uh, and that will set you up, and you'll be good to go for that event. Like I said, you can walk on if you want. It'll be an additional ten dollars at the door, I'm making it uh, eighty dollars for your registration. But uh, I wouldn't. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to be able to do that every time you go somewhere. All right. But, uh, uh, the hey uh, Haven and the rest of the folks will post on the schedule the sold out events. So make sure you check and see that an event isn't sold out before you try and walk onto it, because then you'll just be uh, you'll just be watching and listening to the story, which is great. But if you've gone that uh, distance and you're going to want to shoot. <clears throat> All right, uh, let's see if you if you are in the chat, and you have uh, some questions, be sure to put those in the chat. We've got a ton of great uh, instructors in the chat right now. with uh, They can answer your questions. And uh, if you have questions that you want to get on the air, put them on there. Or you can, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it here. It's like a private message on the, the chat room. And uh, you can ask me a question if you want there. Or you can call in if you'd like if you'd like to call in and i I want you to call in I would like a bunch of folks to call in in the next uh five or ten minutes to do the uh the thank yous to their local crews and I tell you guys about this every week that uh whenever I give you this opportunity uh I should get flooded the switchboards should flood out to to fifty one callers. Because I can't think of anybody, any crew, uh, any crew anywhere across the United States that doesn't have somebody that they would like to say, hey, I really want to thank so-and-so for the help that he gave me this weekend. I really want to congratulate Instructor uh, X on uh, his promotion to full instructor. I want to thank uh, so-and-so for shooting to Rifleman Standards. There's always someone to thank. We're we're a wonderful organization, wonderful training organization. Uh the number is 347. Let me put it here in the chat room for you. 347 308 8790. All right. <clears throat> uh, that's a calling number. I don't know uh, anyone who doesn't have somebody that they that they are beholden to or that they want to thank. Uh, Like I said, we're, we're a fantastic organization for, for riding our folks into the dirt from getting every last drop of blood that we can from them. Uh, but we are not so great on telling the folks, thank you. All right. It's kind of like the military, you know, uh, uh, unless you do something way up above and beyond the call of duty, then uh, then don't expect for somebody to tell you thanks. Uh, but I think that we should. All right? I think that we should. I think that you should. If you don't do it in the air, no problem. Make sure that you do it in person. At the end of the event uh, on Saturday or at the end of the event on Sunday, make sure that those people, the people that came and your instructors, make sure they know how much you appreciate them. Make sure they understand that it wouldn't be happening without them. We're an all-volunteer organization. And I know that we run ourselves uh, in a very professional way and that uh, uh, and that a lot of times we skip by that. But I would like to make sure that, uh, that you guys have an opportunity to do so on the air. So if you want to call in and tell somebody uh, thanks, then I'm going to get you on the air. I'll let you say that. So for me today, I want to thank uh, uh, Doug Tibbetts. Doug Tibbetts is uh, one of the guys. And Doug isn't on the forum. He doesn't have a computer, so he didn't. He doesn't have a fancy internet name. He's just Doug Tibbetts, and uh, Doug has been with the program since it began. He came to the first boot camp, and uh, Doug is a Vietnam uh war veteran, a marine, and Doug has been sick. Uh Doug is dying. He's been dying since the day since uh, since 40 years ago. And uh, he's been sick ever since I've known him. But he's a tremendously smart man and he has never missed uh uh he, he's been in almost every single apple seed that uh, we've ever had in the Villa. And I'm counting them up lately, but there's been quite a few now. And uh, he's always there. He's always ready to help. He always spends his own money printing up uh, uh, thousands and thousands of uh, flyers and uh, instructional material and stuff like that. And he knows he doesn't have to, but he does it anyway. And uh, and like I said, a lot of people may have uh, things that that is that are preventing them from uh, coming to an apple seed. You know, a lot of people probably have some good reasons, but Doug is dying. I mean, and the only reason he's not dead right now is just because he's so uh, so dang stubborn. Uh, you know, he fought in Vietnam. And just like uh, thousands and thousands of others, he lived through Vietnam. But Vietnam has chased him all the way here 45 years later, and it's still got its fangs in it. I mean, it's killing him. And uh, and he comes to the events even when he's sick. He'll go to the uh, VA for a procedure or for a chemo, and then he'll come out to the event the next day. And now he may sit down in his chair uh, during a lot of the event because he's sick or sleeping, and I probably have uh, oh thirty-five or forty-five pictures of him sleeping at events because uh, because I, I I joke with him about it, but he's always there. He doesn't have to be. He could be at home. He could be laying in bed, but he's not. He's gonna he's gonna die on his feet, and uh, I just want to tell. Doug, thanks. Let him know that uh, that I love him and that I appreciate what he's doing. And uh, he's awfully sick right now. The cancer is attacking him again really severely. So if you guys can uh, mention Doug in your prayers, then I would appreciate that.
2: <clears throat> All right.
1: Uh, I got a ton of other folks, but I get to do this every week. So I'm going to let uh, the... I'm going to let the folks who have called in uh, get uh, get their word out, and I can see that uh, I can see that the call screener is talking to some of you guys. I'm going to start from the bottom of the line. and start Just uh, bringing you guys up. All right, uh, 713-553, three five five three. You're on the air. Well, I just want to thank you all for doing everything
3: you've done. I. I've been to one apple seed, and I'd like to go to another
4: one, but uh, uh, things just haven't fit together for me to do that, but I'm I'll sure write you will. a note.
1: I'll write you a note, <laughs> and I'll tell you, you take it to them, and it'll say that you are too well not to come to an event.
4: <laughs> I may be too broke or too obnoxious, but uh, I don't think I'm too well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well who is this? This is a seven one three, so you're in Houston. Who is this?
4: Uh, I used to handle Apostle Texas. You've talked to me a couple of times before.
1: I usually okay. handle the yeah, phone call. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well listen, you're you're always welcome. You're welcome anywhere in the nation. But uh I told you before you got a special you got a a permanent invitation uh to come back to Davila and uh, uh and if you're even if you're broke, you can. Uh, all you got to do is find some gas money. We can get a rifle, ammunition, uh, a tent, food, water, uh, everything else. We can make it easy on you. All you got to do is show up. You still there? Oh, hold on. There you go. Are you there? Unless my I left my cursor on his microphone and uh, and when the thing refreshed itself there. Are you there now? Yeah I'm here. Okay. It turned him off. All right. Well anyway, you have a you have a standing invitation uh to come here.
2: Okay, Scout. Thank you very
4: much. I'll send back uh, <laughs> All right.
1: All right. Well, uh, listen. I'll be looking for you. And you got my uh, you got my phone number and email, don't you?
4: I believe I have got your email somewhere. I'm not sure if I got your phone number, but I can't take it down now anyway. You can't. Okay. All right. Well,
1: it's on the forum. It's just about everywhere. It's on telephone. It's on uh, billboards uh, in the state and everything else. But anyway, thank you for calling in. I'm not going to hang up on you, so you can just continue to listen if you want.
5: I thank you for that.
1: All righty. Alright, and now we got uh Unbridled Liberty. Welcome to the yeah, show, Scout. Unbridled Liberty. How you doing,
2: Scout? I'm just I'm just great. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing fine. And uh I wanna just echo what uh B nine sixty four said uh there on the uh on the chat that uh we wanna thank you for doing the show and putting it on every week and I can't tell you how much I look forward to uh, to uh, listening every Thursday night and just thank you for what you do. Well, listen, thank you.
1: All right. Uh this is just one of the it's just one of the things that I can do uh from where I am. Everybody has their own things that they're doing. Uh some people are going to tea party meetings. Some people are going to uh uh, and it doesn't have to be Tea Party. It doesn't have to be Republican. It can be anything, because uh, Appleseed is not political, has no politics. Uh, I'll be just as happy with a full line of uh, Democrats. matter of fact, I'd be more happy, because then I wouldn't be preaching to the choir usually. But I'll be just as happy with a full line of Democrats uh, as I would with anybody. But everybody has something that they're doing, and this is just one of the ways that, that I can do it. And my thanks... Uh, it goes back to you guys for
2: allowing me to to have a way uh, to participate. Well, we sure do appreciate it. And uh, I wanted to uh, – I was at uh, Knob Creek, Kentucky this last weekend, and I wanted to send out a few thanks there. Um, thanks to Ratchet, who came all the way from southeast Ohio to be with us and, and run the shoot. She did a great job and had long drives to and from and, um, uh, you know, held up in the heat real well for, uh, for a Buckeye. And, uh, we just want to thank her. <laughs> I want to thank her for what, what she did. Uh, what was the temperature Mudge- like? Oh man. It, I, you know, I don't even know. I never looked at a thermometer, but, um, but it was hot. Humidity, right? the humidity and the heat. It was just, uh, it, it, everybody was soaked. Um, so it wouldn't have done any good if anybody got in the 210 because like, you would never have seen any any uh, moisture on the person because everybody was already dripping wet. Did you but, say Mudcat uh, was there? Mudcat was there, and I wanted to thank him as well. Uh, and uh, he did a great job, and he did something uh, really special for my son. It was uh, my son is FMJ on the forum, and it was his uh, it was his first shoot as an orange hat. And uh, he, uh, the thing that Mudcat did is he gave him the opportunity to call the line on Sunday. And I just thought that was a just a fantastic thing for him to do. And um, I really appreciate that, Mudcat, if you're listening. And uh, Garrett appreciates that. And um, uh, let's see, Kentucky Windage came down from uh, Indiana as well and spent some time with us on Sunday. I appreciate that. And then Kevin V. uh, He's local and he's been he's been a blue hat. Uh, He got he took his blue hat on Sunday, but he's been a blue hat before there were blue hats. And uh, he's really been a big support to Appleseed. There he's he's there about every shoot, and um, he he just helps us out quite a bit, getting the grass code and things like that, making sure things are there. What's his name? That's Kevin V. V is in Victor. Uh, I don't think he has a handle yet on the forum that I know of. But okay. All right, Kevin V. All right. Yep. So well, listen, uh, and uh, I want
1: to thank you guys in Kentucky. We were talking about this last week, I believe, about uh, uh, about you guys spinning up the Kentucky program. And uh, listen, we're really proud of you guys.
2: Well, thank you. We're trying real hard um and i'm I'm really proud of my son for uh for deciding to take a, a hat and then going to the shoot and then having the uh the the gumption to uh to call the line and um he did a great job at that and we just we had a great shoot so we had um we had one new rifleman uh we had one that got a two o nine uh we had one that got a one ninety eight with a bolt gun and we had one uh, requalify, so it was a wow. little bit shoot. And uh, thanks to everybody who was who was there. How many people were on the line altogether? Uh boy, you would ask me that. Uh, I'm it didn't have to be. Of, it didn't um, have to be uh, a, just at ballpark. Yeah, I think on I think on Saturday we had uh, twelve and uh on sunday i think we had a, a couple less i think we had maybe 9 or 10 something like that right well let me say that uh whenever you guys uh
1: when you guys are running shoots uh and i know that you don't uh that there's not always an abundance of instructors but listen when you're running shoots uh always try and get your uh instructors on the line uh so that they can get some shooting in because even if you only have uh, uh, two guys, one guy can still be down shooting because uh, uh, especially during uh, the AQTs and stuff, you need some guys that are that are going up and down the line helping and assisting and stuff. But when you start getting into the AQTs, uh, especially stages two and three, uh, you can't do any teaching there really anyway. So you might as well have some of your guys down the line. If you've got extra guys, make sure you're rotating some of the folks, uh, some of the instructors, uh, on down through the line, so that they're getting a chance to shoot too. So that uh, uh, and the, uh, certainly, what you don't want is to look back and see uh, instructors standing around, right? If they're standing around, be sure and push them over to the line. Make sure that they're uh, that they're always engaged. And then, if you have, if there is the ability to try and get them on the line,
2: sounds like that's what you were talking about with your guys, right? You said you had some guys requalify. Yeah, we had well we had one requalify but um it was his it was his, I think his second shoot if I'm not mistaken and he took an orange hat as well after that. So that's why I mean, uh he wasn't an instructor yet but he but he is now. Um I think that uh Kentucky Wind had shot a little bit. I shot one A Q T. Uh my son didn't shoot an A Q T. He shot my grand during uh, a mad minute, but um but yeah, Ratchet let us do that. He, she let us get down there in the line and, and do a little shooting. So that's always enjoyable. But um, really, not why we went. But that's always always a plus.
1: Okay, have you been calling uh, Stacy and uh, making sure that uh, that if he has a free hand that uh,
2: or if he has a chance to that he can come over and help you guys? Well, I haven't. I don't know if Mudcat has been in contact with him, but uh I have not. I only met him one time uh, I met him at Carrollton a few weeks ago but uh and he told uh i think he told the third strike if I'm not mistaken he told one of them so uh that was enjoyable, but I've not been in personal contact with him right because he's uh he's a
1: pilot for uh for FedEx, so he's got a lot of time off, and we don't want him just sitting around twiddling his thumbs so <laughs> so make sure that make sure that we get him put him to work so that uh uh, so that he's staying busy. Well, okay. it sounds like a great shoot, and tell your son for me that uh, give him my congratulations and let him know that uh, that you told me about him and that, uh, that I'm as proud as I can be of him uh, deciding to set a goal for himself, to improve his rifle marksmanship, to shoot to rifleman standards, and then not being satisfied with that, taking the next step, and asking for the responsibility of becoming an instructor. That's a big step. Uh Liberty, that's a that's uh, that's no little thing. I mean,
2: that's a big step to ask for the responsibility of becoming an instructor. Yes it is. I'm very proud of him for doing that and uh so uh we're gonna going to be going a lot of shoots together here. I think we're going to we're going to do a couple more yet uh this fall at least. So looking forward well, to Well, I've it. got uh I've got
1: five daughters, and uh, and yes, they're they're all in the uh, they're all in the shopping girly dress stages right now. But so, but somehow or another, one I'm gonna I'm gonna twist one of them up into a traveling buddy with me, and uh, get them to accept a hat at some point in the future. So I'm looking forward to that too. I'm looking forward to to that feeling that you got whenever you saw him walk up and shake the hands and
2: have somebody put the hat in his hand. I'm looking for that feeling too. Well, it, it, I'll tell you what, it's a great feeling. And I, uh, although I was a blue hat, um, I cleared the right side of the line. And so it was a extra special for me to uh, to have him look toward my way and put the line clear in the right and give my son a thumbs up. It, uh, I was, you know, all the buttons of my my shirt, my jacket were about popping off. So,
4: <laughs>
1: oh man! Well, I, I do know some of the feeling because uh, because the girls uh, the girls have been on the line shooting, and uh, and they have been doing really well. So uh, that always makes me proud, especially when they uh, when they run up with the uh, with a target in their hand to me to show me how well they did, and they're excited about it. I'm telling you, it's,
2: uh, it's a
1: tremendous feeling.
2: Sure is. Yeah. If there's uh, any parents out there with uh, kids, uh, make sure you get them out there. Uh, just like what we're saying, it's a tremendous feeling. I encourage every parent uh, get your kids out there. Right, and they
1: all uh, they all know the uh, all of the safety rules, which makes me very happy because uh because that's a big thing. Uh it's a big thing for a child to understand the importance of rifle safety. It's a big thing. I'm not going to say that it that it is a magic blanket to protect them. I'm just telling you that uh it's very important that kids understand how to safely and correctly handle a firearm. Because this is something that's going to go through the, with them uh the rest of their life, and yes, if you look at the c d c uh records, you can get a breakdown of the uh, of the injuries and deaths that occur from firearms. A great number of them, a huge number of them are accidental shootings all right so making sure that your children, everyone in your household, understands the safe and correct way to handle firearms is not a small thing. It's a big thing because they're going to pass that on to everybody that they're around. They're going to make sure that if somebody's handling a a firearm in an unsafe fashion, that they're going to make sure that they can uh, can try and prevent that and prevent uh, a possible accident. So uh, all of you parents, uh, this is something to consider when you're thinking about going to an apple seed. Anybody else you want to say thanks to?
2: uh i think that's it for tonight i'm sure i'll call back in another time but uh that's it for the night scout scout and uh thank you again for your uh your time and and your effort and uh, i will talk to you in the future thank you sir all right i'm not going to uh, hang up i'm just going to uh, i'll just uh
1: turn the mic off and you can you can hang up or stay on
2: all right good night all right thank
1: you sir all right and uh Let's see. We've got another one here. Oops. There we go. Uh, Roger Glenn from Fredericksburg. Roger, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Scott. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. How about yourself?
0: Well, I'm hot and I'm dry, but other than that, I'm doing <laughs> fantastic.
1: <laughs> well, I sent you a sweater uh, in the mail. You should be getting it pretty soon
0: appreciate that. I really do. I think it'll make me sweat and that that will uh I can use that moisture to uh, to cool off with. <laughs> well, how are you doing this evening? Well, uh you know, listening to the program, of course, thank you very much for the program, but I did not want to pass up the opportunity since you presented it to uh say hello to my friends and the best instructors that I have ever met and and my best friends who are the instructors and I'll just name them off at, at the at the risk of of leaving some out. Uh, Tommy Everett, Pop, Jesse, Chuck, Scuzzy. If you're out there, hello! And man, do I ever appreciate and love you guys.
1: Ooh yeah, let me second that. All uh, right, you named off a great crew of folks. Some of the best that uh, Texas has to offer. And I, I do the same thing. I, I know that when around, uh, I always get uh, uh, anxiety when I start naming folks off, because I know I'm going to leave some people off, because we've got such a great crew here. But you named off a great crew, and I know the reason you named them is because those guys uh, have been swinging through Fredericksburg on a regular basis. And uh, That's right. And there's are some great folks. And let me thank you and the rest of the crew up in Fredericksburg uh, for always being so ready to uh, assist in any way up there. Because there's a great crew in Fredericksburg, and there's a... A huge number of patriots uh, in Fredericksburg. I don't know if it's the water or what it is up there, uh, but there's a huge crew of uh, patriotic folks who are uh, who are doing things. Not just Appleseed. I mean, they're they're involved in a lot of other organizations uh, there in Fredericksburg. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here, but it's the Fredericksburg. Well, we have uh,
0: patriots of Gillespie County, and of course we have the Tea Party and we and we have uh, uh Sheriff Rhodes uh is now here. He's moved here. You know, the the guy that did the uh, uh the the deal with the, the I don't know, the bill, or the Mack. Act. Sheriff Max. Sheriff Max. Yeah, he's here now. He he he's moved to Fredericksburg and he's he's headquartered out of here. And uh we Yeah, have I a big, saw that
1: uh, I, I saw that today. He sent me a message on the on the Facebook and uh and he's now listed as living in Fredericksburg.
0: That's right. And, of course, Gypsy, Tanya, is his secretary, who is, you know, very instrumental in our Appleseed program. Uh, she's like she, the main, she has an the old main lady. lady. She's secretary, his secretary, right? Yeah.
1: She has been? She is. I mean, I, I didn't know that she had been his. Uh, last time I talked to her, I don't remember her saying that she was. Of course, that's been. That's been in April. I didn't remember her saying
0: she, it. She's taken on a full-time job as his secretary.
5: Okay, she, there she you go.
0: All of his, she schedules all of his events, worked in his office for, you know, eight hours a day, and she's still, you know, apple seed, uh, 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 person, you know, but we, that's like having an apple seed person in with that uh, organization is really good for us.
1: Well, definitely. Well, and now we've got a we've got a uh, a good in with the with Sheriff Mack there. <laughs>
0: yeah, it would be nice if we could get him out to an apple seed. I think that might be possible.
1: Well, I imagine it, it will be now if he's living there. I know he's got I know he's in high demand as a speaker, and that he does a great job uh, traveling across the nation and speaking to all the different organizations and to the sheriff's departments, et cetera. But I bet that uh, that with you and with Tanya there now being his secretary, she can just uh, pencil in the event and then uh, just show it to him. That's right. <laughs> she can just say, "Don't don't forget, you have the appleseed this weekend."
5: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. What was that? Well, here, here. Don't forget your gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Well,
0: i just well, want my to call thanks in to all do.
1: of you guys up there.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And. And uh, we had a great time this past weekend out at, at, at the range. There, I was very excited to shoot a little long distance. That's the first time I ever did that, and, and it was. Uh, I look forward to doing that again.
1: All right, now, but you guys have uh, you guys you guys have acquired an actual distance range in Fredericksburg that we can use for the boot camps, right?
0: I I, I don't know anything about it.
1: Well, I think that there has been. So, uh, I think that we can. I think that we can include that. I think that they've. Uh, they were showing me the the details and stuff for it. So, I think that'll work. Listen, you brought up another point though that I wanted to. Uh, whenever I was giving my spiel about why I go to an apple tea, and that is when you said all of my friends and some of my best friends. All right. Now these aren't guys that you met uh, playing golf or. Uh, or you know doing any other stuff these are guys that you met because you were at an apple seed
0: that's and, absolutely correct
1: and I'm going to tell you right now that uh, that my list of best friends uh, it's filled up from apple seed. Uh you know I had right. a bunch of other friends and there were some even that, that you you know whenever somebody asks you to fill in the space it says who is your best friend? You had to put some names and stuff in there because you have to, or, or you just seem very pitiful. Uh, but but they're really not, uh, they really, some of them really weren't that great of friends. But you know what? Now my list of best friends and great guys has been tremendously extended by virtue of the fact that uh, I can fill it up from the Appleseed folks. If you're looking for some quality friendships, some lifelong friendships, then I encourage you to seek them out at Appleseeds. The folks that come to Appleseeds are some of the highest caliber of folks, some of the best quality folks that America has to offer. And uh, you're not going to go wrong by uh, by rebooting your friendship list at an Appleseed, all right? I can say that because I'm talking to one of mine right now, uh, Roger Glenn from Fredericksburg. Uh, I wouldn't have met Roger probably, uh, except that I happened to go to an Appleseed, and uh, he was there uh, on top of a table, you know, stumping for Appleseed. And now I consider Roger to be a really good friend, but I wouldn't have met him if it wouldn't have been for Appleseed. So I'm very happy with that aspect of it. Appleseed isn't a social organization uh, as far as the definition of what it is, but I'm telling you that it can fulfill some of the some of the requirements of a social organization by putting you into contact with some really high-quality folks. So, uh, I wanted to make sure that I that I said that as part of my why you should attend spiel. Well, whenever you
0: mention that. Well, you know, uh, every time we have an apple seed, it's like an old, old hometown week, you know, and it's just such a warm feeling to to run back out there and you, you're you're watching and saying, oh well, here comes. Here comes someone. Oh, here comes someone. Hey, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a great feeling, just to see your your friends again.
4: And, right, uh, and the people that so I glad tea. to see
0: you.
1: yeah, I know. Whenever I see Roger and I walk up to Roger and I got a big smile on my face and he's got one of his and I shake his hand. I know he's not shining me on. I know that uh, that he is a real person and a real friend. He's really happy to see me and I know I'm really happy to see him. And and that's the way it's going to be with all of the folks that you meet at an Appleseed. It's just a great uh, – you know, I didn't uh, – I wasn't part of the fraternity uh, society in college. Uh, I I just didn't want to go that route. Uh, but uh, Appleseed is is kind of like that. I mean, uh, once you're a member of the Appleseed crew, then you can go anywhere in the United States – and you can walk into an apple seed, and they see your shirt and your hat, and you're immediately accepted. You're immediately part of the cream of the uh, uh, of the American population.
0: Well, I think it's a wonderful thing, and and I would not have wanted to pass up my opportunity to say hi to my friends. You know.
2: Well, I appreciate once again that. I'll That's say I...
0: Tommy, Everett, Pop, Jesse, Chuck, and Scuzzy. How you guys
1: doing? So, uh, yeah, and they're all – we just got through with uh, the Texas instructors meeting, our yearly meeting that we have, and uh, so we got to see everybody, uh, or a good good chunk. But didn't get to see Chuck or Jesse. No, we didn't get to see Chuck. Chuck was – his mother has just passed on, and uh, he was taking care of that. And Jesse, uh, I don't believe – uh, I believe he had something else he had to do, but uh, and so our, our prayers certainly go out to to Chuck for his mother's his mother passing.
0: Absolutely, and
1: uh, and Chuck is one of he's one of my best friends, and uh, he's an absolutely terrific apple seeder. Matter of fact, he was uh, uh, he was listed as uh, the instructor with the most apple seeds. Uh this last year, I believe in these short six months that uh that they started keeping track of his, I think he did uh, twenty one or twenty two events just in the six months and uh, wow. yeah, which is which is a lot that's almost every weekend and uh uh he just did a tremendous amount he's a great guy, he's a retired uh, colonel in the military, and uh uh-huh. just an all around great guy. And of course, you know that,
0: I, I got I got to see Mark and 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 uh, and John Labrat also, which I don't I don't get to see them very often. Well. I only met them once or twice before, but they're such great guys too. And and I'd like to say hi to them if they're listening.
1: Well, we had a great uh, we had a great meeting, and it was really good to see everybody. And like I said, it was it, it was great because you know when you go to an event. Uh, and you're teaching and stuff. You don't have a lot of time to talk. Now you may get you may drag some time out after the event, sit around the campfire and and talk and stuff like that. But usually it's all business from uh, seven AM on and uh, so you don't have a whole lot of time to talk but we were we had the instructors event and I encourage all of the states to do this too to have a social event for your instructors. We had a great time at the uh uh at the instructors uh picnic and dinner uh, and I, I learned that I need to bring my, uh, I need to bring my own butane cooker when I'm frying fish because the uh, stove there couldn't keep a hot enough fire to keep the fish uh, to fry the fish. So, so I learned something from that.
0: Well, we had a great time, and and it was wonderful to see everybody and meet new friends once again you know i got to meet some of the other quality instructors from around the state
1: right so we encourage you guys to uh, to set up a set up some social events for your uh, instructor cadre for your crews and and don't just invite just the crews because this is also a good way uh to bring in new people into the program let them see how you are in a social setting and uh and get them involved through that door. If you invite them to come to a picnic with you, and they see how uh, how well everybody's getting along, and they they hear the stories of Appleseed, and uh, and you can bring them in through that door. And uh, we had uh, several uh, family members and extra friends of the family and stuff that came uh, this last weekend. So I encourage you guys to do that too. Is it's whenever you have a, a social event for your instructors, don't uh don't close it off to just instructors. Uh get them to bring their neighbors and friends and family with them so that uh you can possibly get some folks uh into the program that way. Well you got anything else that uh you want to put out, Roger?
0: No. No, I'm going to let you go and get on the horn with someone else. And uh, uh, God bless you, and, and, and thanks for the program, and we will see you when we see you.
1: All right. Thank you, Roger. And I'll see you when I Bye-bye. see you, too. God bless you, brother. All right. Uh, let's see. we got another caller on here. We've got uh, Justin. Justin, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Scout? Good. Are you... Uh, uh, an appleseed member instructor, etc.
3: You know, I, I was—I uh, made the very generic name that my uh, forum name and my name are both Justin.
1: Perfect. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I would have—if I would have known that you could do that, that's what I would have done. But I thought well, you had—I thought it was some kind of a special club thing that you had to have some kind of a nickname. And I've told folks before that I was very. Uh, it caused a great deal of anxiety in me because I'd never had a nickname before so I didn't know what to do. Finally I finally I just chose my dog's name because I figured if there's any blowback from this it would just go to her. Well maybe I'm just not as creative so. as <laughs> some. I guess a lot of people around here choose their dog's name though, don't they? Well it's very easy. It's it's that way you don't have to uh you don't have to think of a lot of things. You just use your use your dog's name. No I, and that's something that uh that I've always thought that has kind of, and I know the reason people do it, because they want a, a little bit of anonymity between them and what they're doing, but I also think that's one of the things that kind of stands between us and being an even more professional organization. You know, if you go to an NRA event, it's not run by somebody with the nickname. You know, it's run by their name. And I think that eventually we'll start to have probably heading in that direction But anyway, what would – you got somebody you'd like to thank tonight, Justin, or something you want to – the information you want to put out?
3: It it really seems like a long list. Um, I've been with the uh, Appleseed Project for about a year, and I have had just an amazing group of of people out here in in California uh, mentor me. And and, and sometimes it's people I've just met for a day or two, and sometimes it's it's people that I I see at shoot after shoot. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it's just a long list. But – uh you know Go Bob 10, Johnny Appleseed, Appleseed Minuteman, Camel Jr, Rocketman, Savage Shooter, Francis Marion 22 Cowgal, uh Lelo Pro, Numo, Dano V, Arcat and uh these guys have been in 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 women have <laughs> been with the program for, you know, quite a while and they continue to do tremendous things and looking back over this weekend just very impressive
1: and listen, what uh what is it like to to hear the story told by V? Have you heard him tell the story?
3: You know what, as a matter of fact, I, I haven't. Uh one of the few times I've run into V, uh it's been at uh an AIBC and, and the uh in an R B C so I, I haven't. Unfortunately. I would just like to
1: hear uh V tell the story. Matter of fact I'm gonna I'll see if I can't talk him into recording it and we'll put you it uh, him on the in the air to the archives. Do it. He'll kill me for okay. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you have a fantastic crew out there, and I, I tell people this all the time because it's the truth. California, you know, at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the program, it caused a big blow up in the program. And in fact, it it almost uh, sank it before we were able to get out the door uh, with the uh, the the trouble that was caused by the Apple C program wanting to uh, expand into California. And uh, and because of all the people saying it couldn't be done and that uh, we were going to go to jail the minute we crossed the line, et cetera, uh, people were afraid to go out there. But lo and behold, we opened the doors out there. Uh, Bob 210, uh, who was, was just an absolutely fantastic individual, the california program started up and it has been going at light speed and i wish if the rest of the nation uh was growing at the same speed uh with the same aggressiveness that california is growing we would be we would be on year 7 or 8 by now because california has a tremendously uh uh successful program that they're running out there, and, it's, and Bob 210 is, is one of the reasons, but it's all of the, uh, the rest of the Apple Seed members that uh, are taking their cue, they're, they're grabbing their hat and their gear, and they're dashing out, and they're spinning up uh, individual uh, local events and local crews all across uh, California, and they're doing a fantastic job.
3: Yeah, some some of these guys are just you know, I just really put up, you know, I I really look up to and really doing really amazing things and uh you know, I just just wanted to thank all of them. And also, uh we've uh stood up a good uh instructor base down here in San Diego and uh really want to thank the uh all the volunteers that are doing that down here. It's it, it's really growing at a real uh, real quick speed, too
1: yeah it is you guys have a great instructor base, a great core of uh, instructors there. You have crossed the line where you have over one hundred events just in california uh for this year uh so you know if the if the rest of the nation was doing that, we'd be running forty eight hundred events this year and uh also that reminds me I meant to do this before I came on the air uh in just a minute, Justin, or, or or any of you guys, any of the guys in chat or anybody that's listening, if you guys could call Bob and ask him to call into the show so that he can give us the uh, uh, after action on Alaska. For you guys that, uh, that aren't aware of it, Bob just ran the first uh, Alaskan shoot this last weekend. Uh, it was actually uh, four days uh, for the shoot, the Thursday and Friday was the military section and then the Saturday and Sunday was civilian section and it was it was a sold out shoot with over sixty one on the line, and uh, so California isn't satisfied with just California. They've already uh, crossed, they've jumped across Canada into Alaska, and they've also they've got in their outriggers and paddled out uh, across the Pacific to Hawaii, and Bob's got a, a Hawaiian shoot set up there, and I believe Savage and uh, Johnny Appleseed are running that one that's coming up. So so Bob is doing a great job. The Californians have always been doing a great job. They've they've really helped uh spin up the programs in surrounding states by coming uh the instructors have come out all across the nation to help Johnny Appleseed uh helped out early on by doing shoot in uh El Paso with me i know that they do uh nevada uh, uh all of the surrounding states i know that the california shooter the california instructors help out there so and and i'm not saying anything bad about any of the other states i'm just saying california has a great program uh, and a bunch of great instructors and we're blessed to uh to have them and if you guys if somebody will call bob and ask him to call in for the uh uh, to give an after action, uh, we'd like to have that, you know, I'll see what I can do, Scott. All right. And, uh, let's see anybody else you got that, uh, that you want to name that you may have been thinking of that you said and so and so that you forgot to mention,
3: you know, that just, everyone out here is just done doing such a phenomenal job and it's, you know, I'm sure I forgot so, somebody, but uh, just thank well, everyone. Have, everyone uh, out here I in California. I when I talking
1: to Bob last time. He said you guys had around 80 some instructors there.
3: Between yeah, but you know, we we we, we really break it up into kind of northern, central, and southern. So it, uh, I'm I'm really um, the, uh, the 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 people that really I really look up to and mentor and have mentored me ha are, are more down here in the uh Southern California area. There's there's a lot of instructors out here that I, I haven't even met just because of distance and
1: so Well do you guys have like a uh like a Hawaiian apple seed shirt there yet? <laughs>
3: Not to have seen yet, Scott. I think we keep it uh just I think we keep it right to the uh
1: to the national program level. <laughs> okay. Well I'm just trying to envision you guys out there like in uh the Hawaiian Appleseed shirts with the shorts and the, uh, you know, the sandals.
3: No, we just use the uh, the regular hats and the regular shirts just like everybody
1: else. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Justin. And, uh and and don't, uh, I mean, call in every week. You're, I invite you to call in every week with an update uh, on California. All right, Scout. All it's right, anything else to. you want you got to put out
3: or anything? Um, no, that that's that's it.
1: All right. All right, well thank you, Justin. All
3: right, Oscar.
1: Okay, let's see. I got the call screeners talking to the another caller that we have. Uh while they're talking, I'm gonna go ahead and get started on and we'll take any, any if you wanna keep uh, if you wanna call in to uh to give thanks to uh anybody or to ask a question or anything else. You're more than welcome to at any point during the show. And uh just tell the call screener that you want to give you want to tell somebody thanks or something like that and uh, he'll write it into the uh into the switchboard and I can read it so that uh I can put you on or if you just want to listen you can listen. <clears throat> and uh, he'll put that in too. But if you'll uh, if the call screener uh when you call if the call screener asks you any questions or anything be sure in answering because if you just want to listen and that's all you got to say. You just say, I just want to listen. And then he'll write it in there, and then I'll know that uh, that you don't want me to call on you. But if you're just trying not to get called on and you don't answer the call screener, then I'm probably going to open your mic and try and talk to you. All right? So let the call screener know what uh, uh, what you want to do, and he'll just write it in there for me. All right. Okay, we've got another caller here. Uh, Risen. Risen, welcome to the show.
4: Hi, Scott. Thanks.
1: Hey, where are you from? Washington. State? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Risen. What do you got?
4: I uh, want to give uh, congratulations to uh, Evenstar of uh, Rednecks, uh, Reform Rednecks crew. Uh, she had a uh, 16th birthday this last weekend and was promoted to Red Hat on oh. her 16th birthday.
0: Excellent. Excellent,
4: excellent, well, congratulations yes, and uh also um Sixing, the uh Washington state coordinator, he was also promoted to Red Hat on the same event, same weekend, and what was that name ot sixing okay and they and
1: that and they are taking the position of state coordinator
4: uh... optics is the state coordinator for washington state
1: okay and he got his promotion to red hat
4: he got his promotion to red hat
1: perfect well congratulations to both of the folks there congratulations to all of the the crew in washington state because you guys are doing a fantastic job there too
4: well thank you and i know
1: it's uh... i know it's Washington State is one of the states that uh, that I know it's a bit difficult to uh, to work in because uh, uh, because you got a very vocal crew of uh, folks there that uh, uh, that would probably I'm sure try and put a kink in the program if they could, but the majority of the state is uh, folks that feel the same way about uh, the nation as uh, the rest of the appleseed program, the rest of America does. And uh, and the Washington State crew is doing a fantastic job of getting the information
4: out and getting events up on the board.
5: Well, a lot of
4: that help is uh, coming from uh, uh, Reform Redneck of uh, Idaho. Um, but, yeah, we've got some uh, really great uh, instructors here in the state, and uh, it, it shows in our, uh, our apple feed shoots. And, uh,
1: let's see, I'm trying to think of something I'm, I'm trying to dig through my mind, something I heard about Washington, but I can't I can't access it right now. I'll, I'll need probably another cup of coffee to get to that file. Uh, but uh, is there anything else that you've got uh, or anybody else that no, you'd that, like to say thanks no, to? That's
4: all, all I had. Just a general shout-out to the rest of uh, all the instructors there for Washington and Idaho and uh Oregon, but special congratulations uh for those two instructors.
1: Alright, and let's give it one more time, let's give out their names and their and their uh
4: uh and their promotions. Uh promotion to Red Hat, Ot Sixon uh Washington, the state coordinator, and promotion to Red Hat, even Starr of Idaho, uh Reform Redneck's daughter.
1: And Reform Rednecks has been doing a great job. And uh, my thanks go to him and to his family and crew. There, uh, they've been doing a great job. All the Idaho crew has, and uh, uh, and we're certainly blessed by all of the instructors that are coming out of the Idaho crews and their family members, because that's a that's another big state that has that is bringing all of their family members with them into the instructor
4: corps. Uh yeah, cuz uh this actually uh makes the fourth red hat uh in redneck's immediate family. Right. <laughs> well, thank you
1: very much and uh and and I invite you too to call in, uh even weekly call in with uh, updates from Washington. Uh if you do that, I'd appreciate it because we'd like to get folks uh uh, you know, into the habit of calling in weekly with updates so that the rest of the country can hear about the events in the states uh, surrounding them.
4: Uh, well, well, I'll work on that. We don't have uh, events every weekend uh, out here just yet, but uh, I'll, I'll work well, on when uh, he... getting them uh, as often as I can. All right. When you got some new info,
1: dial in. We'll put you on the air with it, and, give a, and we'll give a shout out to all the folks in Washington when you do. Okay, thank you very much, sir. All right, uh, all right, and you guys can continue to call in. Uh, when we'll take your calls all throughout the the, the uh, program here, and I appreciate you guys calling in. I really do because. Uh, because, like I said, the uh, uh, we're really good about asking folks to do stuff, and the folks are really good about doing it. But we're not so good a lot of times about saying thanks, and uh, and I would like for that to change. So thank you for calling in, and you guys are, are welcome to call in every week with additional uh, updates on your programs, on your local programs, and thanks for the folks uh that are working in them congratulations to the folks or just information about what you guys are doing in your in your local uh programs all right uh why don't you get a horse sam adams that's the title for the show tonight and the reason it is is because uh uh you know my wife is a school teacher and a couple of years ago she was teaching uh first grade and then kindergarten and a different grade there. And she had bought uh, a bunch of books for her classroom. And uh, that's the title of one of the books, Why Don't You Get a Horse, Sam Adams. And this is by Jean Fritz, illustrated by uh, Trina Schart-Hyman. And it's a great series of books. And Jean Fritz has uh, has done a number of books like this for kids. And then she's done a number of uh, uh, other fictional uh stories and it for adults uh like uh Cast for Revolution, The Cabin Face West, and Early Thunder. And that uh book is actually on the Library of Congress's suggested reading list. That was for the bicentennial. And uh and then three of the uh of the historical fiction books she's written for young people, Brady, I Adam, and then What Happened, Paul Revere, those were all uh, ALA uh, noted book selections All right, and so she's done a great job and the books are actually really great books, they're small uh, books but they they have to be filled with a bunch of absolutely uh, correct information and she did a great job in it. and they're easy to read, the illustrations are really great and these are the books that you can put out uh, in the kids hands uh, I wish I I wish I knew of a uh better way to get the information out to, to you about how to, to pick these up <clears throat> uh, well I'll probably do a post in the show notes so that uh so that you can take a look at the titles and see about maybe getting some of these for the uh for the kids that attend the event uh anyway, this one is about Samuel Adams and uh, I'm just going to to run through it and uh, i'm going to read it to you real quick because it's a it's a very fast read and has a lot of great information in it all right and uh if you guys uh you can continue to call in and uh and uh the call screener will put you on if that's what you want to do if you want to get on you want to say something you can call in and he'll put you on i'll keep taking a look at, at the uh at the switchboard uh, if you call in <clears throat> all right uh In the early days of America, when men wore ruffles on their shirts and buckles on their shoes, when they rode horseback and swore allegiance to the king of England, there lived a man in Boston, a man who cared for none of these things. His name was Samuel Adams. His clothes were shabby and plain. He refused to get on a horse, and he hated the king of England. Samuel Adams was known as a talker and a walker. Six days of the week, he would walk about Boston talking to anyone who would listen, talking about England, always about England. What he thought about was independence, but it was a long time before he dared say independence out loud. Americans were still loyal to the king, even though they were often angry at the way England treated its colonies, and Samuel Adams made his business to keep the people angry. From one end of town to another, Samuel walked. Indeed, how else was he to travel? A man cannot say much from the top of a horse except good morning, good evening, or giddy-up. And Samuel Adams had a great deal more than that to say. Still, he did not travel alone. At his side was Q.U., his shaggy Newfoundland dog. Q.U. Q.U.E.U.E. All right. Together they went to the docks, and while Samuel Adams talked to merchants about the wrongs of the English government, Q smelled the good smells of Boston Harbor. Drying codfish, wet rope, and sometimes, if he was lucky, a giant turtle in a crate shipped up from the south. New Englanders doted on turtle soup. Together, Samuel and Q called on shopkeepers. Generally, Samuel went inside and talked about the wickedness of England, and generally, Q stayed outside and chased a stray chicken or stopped at a hitching post to visit with a horse. Together, Samuel and Q would drop in at a tavern. Samuel would sit down and talk about American rights. Q, blinking through the hair that fell over his eyes, would search the floor for crumbs, a morsel of cheese, a bite of plum cake, and sometimes, if he was lucky, a discarded bone. Samuel's younger cousin, John Adams, often became impatient with all of his walking. Why don't you learn to ride a horse, he would ask. But Samuel would not learn. Winter and summer, he walked and talked. Indeed, he paid so little attention to his private business that he became quite poor. His house fell into disrepair. His clothes became shabbier. His shoe leather wore thin. Meanwhile... England was imposing taxes on America. First, a stamp tax on printed matter. No one could obtain a marriage license now or a college diploma or even buy a newspaper without paying England a share of the money. This made the people of Boston so angry they tore down the governor's house. They set fire to the tax office and elected Samuel Adams a representative to the Massachusetts literature. Being a member of the government, Samuel had a chance to talk to more people. But still he walked. Even when England withdrew the stamp tax, Samuel talked and walked, warning the merchants and the shopkeepers and the people of the taverns not to trust England. It taxed America once, he said. It would try again. And indeed, a year later it did. This time, Americans had to give England money whenever they bought paint, glass, lead, or tea. This made the people so angry that the king decided to send soldiers to Boston to keep order. Now, let me give you a little side note on this. Because you may think that, uh, you know, that it doesn't, that it didn't matter that much because uh, if England put the stamp on this, then just get it from somewhere else, right, or make it yourself. Well, one of the things, uh, one of the contractual agreements between the colonies and England was that uh, they would only buy from England. And uh, the, uh, a lot of the uh, manufacturing Uh, they were not able to do in the colonies, and some of it was not, they weren't allowed to do in the colonies. Uh, The whole idea was for the colonies to uh, ship raw material to England and then to buy, uh, they would sell the raw material to England and then to buy the finished products backed from, uh, from England. And that kept the Colonies on a productive footing, according to England, on a productive footing, and allowed them to uh, uh, to be a working part of the uh, British Empire, because that way they were buying, they were uh, they were sending money back to England. Now you had other countries that were sending gear, uh, sending uh, products into America, but they had a Uh, tariffs on them and then for a while people just weren't buying stuff from uh, other countries because uh we were at war with them but boston was always known to be a uh to be kind of a wide open uh port so there were there were plenty of of materials and products that came in but the taxes on things like uh Paint, glass, lead, tea, etc. It was a big deal because the place to get that stuff was just from England. So, and the people were already paying local taxes, which they considered to be uh, their responsibility, was to be paying for themselves locally because they, the people in England, were not being taxed by the colonies, right? So they felt that was unfair. All right, because they made such a big uh, fuss over this, the king decided to send soldiers to Boston to keep order. The soldiers arrived in Boston on October 1st, 1768. Two regiments of soldiers in red coats. From the harbor they marched 1,000 strong, their drums beating, fifes playing, flags flying, and bayonets fixed. All right? And this is an important part of the story, because they didn't come in uh like you would expect with the people celebrating the arrival uh or the return of their troops home. They marched in, and a point was made when they marched in for them to be arriving as occupational forces as the folks as the troops sent in to make sure that the colonists understood they were under the thumb of the British, that uh, that if they didn't uh, straighten up and fly right, that uh, here were a thousand hardened professional troops with bayonets fixed to remedy that. They marched straight to the Boston Common, which is a park in the center of the town, where people were accustomed to take walks, play games, and graze their cows. There the soldiers set up tents and settled down for the winter. So they marched straight to the center of the town and set up their uh, occupational camp, all right? Like I said, none of this was done by accident. They could have been quartered anywhere. They were quartered there on purpose as a threat to the folks in Boston. This was uh, uh, seven years before the outbreak of hostilities in 1768. All right, they were quartered there on purpose as a threat to the... Uh, inhabitants of Boston. It was a long winter. Every time he turned around, it had seemed to Samuel Adams, there was a redcoat. He woke up hearing redcoats drill. He went to bed hearing their bugles. Redcoats stopped him on his walk to ask his name and business. Samuel Adams longed for America to fight the redcoats. Then and there. But he knew the country was not ready yet for war or independence. But Q could fight. That was his dog. Q, under Samuel's careful training, learned to hate redcoats. He growled and snarled when they passed. He barked and snapped when they came near. And sometimes, if he was lucky, he came home with a piece of red cloth in his mouth. Meanwhile, Samuel kept on talking and walking. Why can't you ride a horse like everyone else, his cousin John asked him. Samuel just shook his head. Twice in the next few years, Americans came close to fighting. Once, a mob of young men swung clubs and threw rock-filled snowballs at the Redcoats until the Redcoats finally fired back. Samuel Adams did hear his fiercest talking against the Redcoats in this instance. Another time, a band of men dressed up like Indians dumped a boatload of tea into Boston Harbor rather than see the tea tax. Samuel was the one who gave the signal to go down to the docks. By the late fall of 1774, Americans were so alarmed about England that they called a meeting in Philadelphia to discuss what to do. Samuel Adams was chosen to go as one of the representatives from Massachusetts. He'd never been out of Massachusetts before. You are now a traveler, his friends pointed out, and you should learn to ride a horse. But Samuel said that would not be necessary. The representatives were going to Philadelphia in a coach. He stood before his friends, his coat frayed, his shoes scuffed, his cotton stockings darned. His friends said nothing about his parents, but within a few days, gifts began to arrive at his house. One maroon-colored broadcloth suit, six pairs of buckled shoes, six pairs of white stockings, two ruffled shirts, one wig, etc. When Adams left for Philadelphia, he was dressed as a representative of Massachusetts should be dressed. He was as stylish as his cousin John Adams, or his friend John Hancock, or indeed any of the other representatives. And if the others could ride a horse and he couldn't, he didn't care. Actually, he was lucky that Samuel could at least look nice because he couldn't say much at the meeting. Many of the representatives from other colonies still weren't ready for talk about independence, so Samuel had to be patient a while longer. There was a time, he knew, for throwing snowballs and a time for dumping tea. But there was also a time for sitting still under your new wig and holding your tongue, and this was such a time. All right, now here's something very important, all right? Knowing when to talk and knowing when to shut up and listen. And
0: uh,
1: and you've all seen uh, examples of both of them, right? Uh, you and your buddies have gone into a bar or club, and, and maybe, uh, some of them just started, uh, they didn't look around, they didn't say anything, they didn't, uh, see where they were, etc. and they just started talking about, uh, their football team that was the best team, and lo and behold, they're sitting in a bar full of the, uh, the patrons of the, the other team, right? uh. The best thing you can do when you're going into a group, especially when you're looking at a group of people that you're going to try and convince of something, is to keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut and listen to what the people are saying. And that's what he did. He listened to the representatives from the different states, and, uh, and he saw which ones were ready to hear his message. He saw which ones weren't. He saw which ones maybe were close to being ready to hear the message. And then he thought about the things that he could do or say that could push them in the direction that they needed to go. This is something that uh, something that all of us can work better on, all right? Uh, the best thing to do when you're meeting a new group of folks is to just go in there and start raving about uh, things that are wrong in the country or people that are wrong, etc. That's a good way to burn bridges, all right? Go in and sit down and listen to what people are saying. Maybe there's a maybe there's a person uh uh on the other side of the room that's talking about the same thing that you're talking about, all right? You know you can talk to him about it. Maybe there's somebody who uh is saying, "Well, why is this uh why is this idea good or why is it bad?" and then you know what to say to that person. Maybe there's another person that's uh, saying, "Well, I don't believe any of this." And uh and I'll have none of it and you'll know that that person is somebody that you'll have to work on especially hard uh to convince. Uh so so sitting still and quietly and listening is never a bad thing to do, all right? But of course, Samuel Adams couldn't be still forever. By 1775, Samuel was talking openly of independence. He was 53 years old now, and at the top of the king's most-wanted list of American traitors. John Hancock was on the list, too. As for Q, unfortunately, he was dead. He fought his last battle with the Redcoats before the real fighting began. On April 18th, the Redcoats marched out of Boston looking for American cannon that was hidden in Concord, and looking, so it was said, for Samuel Adams and John Hancock, who were hidden in a friend's house in Lexington. Samuel wasn't afraid of trouble. The more trouble there was with the Redcoats, the sooner the Americans would be willing to declare their independence, and the better he would like it. But, of course, he preferred not to be caught. Fortunately for Samuel and John, the Americans had discovered... What the English were up to, ahead of the Redcoats, wrote Paul Revere. He galloped up to the house where Samuel Adams and John Hancock were staying. Okay, here's the one problem with, uh, with this book here. Ready? The Redcoats are coming, he cried. <clears throat> now, we know from reliable information that uh, Paul Revere, uh, there is no known record of him ever saying the Redcoats are coming. Nobody has ever come forward and said that he ever said that. What he did say was the regulars are out. Samuel jumped out of bed, ready to fly for his life. He was such uh, in such a hurry that he left his watch under his pillow. John Hancock also jumped out of bed, but he was more eager to fight than to fly. He grabbed his sword and he began to polish it. Samuel told him to put his sword away. We aren't meant to be soldiers, he said. We're the brains behind the revolution. It's our duty to escape. <clears throat> now, I'll add a little more to this. Uh, yes. Yes. Hancock grabbed his sword, and he started polishing it, and he started talking about what he was going to do. But uh, I've got to tell you that from my reading of Hancock, uh, that's exactly the the limit of what he was going to do, all right, the talking about uh, fighting, because uh, I believe that he sat there and talked for several hours. Uh, by the time when Revere came back from his journeys, uh, Adams and Hancock were still there talking, and Hancock was still saying, uh, let it never be said that I turned my back. If I had my mustache, I would never turn my back on the enemy. And I'm sure you've always seen, the, the a lot of you folks have seen that type of person, too. And I'm not talking bad about Hancock. I'm just saying the kind of person who will sit there and get all his gear and put it on the table and say, oh, yeah, oh, listen, I'm going to fight. I'm a, I'm a fighter. And, uh, and really all they're doing is just talking about being a fighter. And uh, maybe maybe Hancock did want to fight, but I don't think that he really did. I think that he just wanted to make sure everybody knew that he was talking about fighting. Reluctantly, I'll put that in quotations myself, reluctantly, John put his sword away and made ready to escape. Now, of course, as everyone knows, the way to escape from an enemy is on the back of a horse. You can lean forward, and with hooves thundering behind you, you streak into the night but Samuel Adams could not ride a horse. In the end, there was nothing for John Hancock to do but to call for his carriage and his driver. The two men took their seats and rolled sedately away to the neighboring town. Eventually, they found a swamp to hide in. It was not a heroic escape, but it was an escape. The only thing Samuel Adams regretted was that he had left his watch behind. Now, I'm sure you guys, too, from uh, reading... Uh, David Hackett Fisher's Paul Revere's ride there's more to the story than that Hancock had run out of the house without his breakfast and uh, after he got to the second location they went to which was another farmhouse he remembered that he hadn't eaten his breakfast and he sent the carriage and uh, horses back uh, not for his family but for his fish for the fish that had been given to him so he could have it by the time the fish got back and cooked uh, another alarm came and they had to to take off to another location so he still didn't get his fish they ended up eating some cold boiled pork and some brown bread and uh, and uh, and he was regretting that but if you remember too from Hackett Fisher's book what what they said when they were strolling along and they heard the gunfire gun uh, fire Adam said it's a fine, fine day. And Hancock looked around him and he was looking up at the sky and everything else, and his reply was, It certainly is. And Adams looked at him for a second and he said, No, I mean for America <laughs> So that's just, that's a for me that was quite of a, a bit of an insight into these two guys, right? <clears throat> Even now, Hanco- uh Adams would not ride a horse. In September, on the way to another meeting in Philadelphia, John Adams again tried to persuade him. This time they were traveling alone. John and Samuel and their two servants. John and his servant, Fessenden, were on horses. Samuel and his servant, uh, who is not named here, were in a two-wheel chase. Under such circumstances, it was hard for John and Samuel to talk. John suggested that Samuel could ride on Fessenden's horse and Fessenden could ride in the chase. Samuel suggested that his servant could ride John's horse, and John could get in the chase. But John loved to ride, so John trotted along to Philadelphia, and Samuel rolled along each with his own thoughts. It took a week or more to go from Boston to Philadelphia, but of course there were many stops at inns where John and Samuel could talk together. And there was much to talk about since the Battle of Lexington. Washington had been put in command of an American army, and there had been another battle at Bunker Hill. But this wasn't, there wasn't enough time to talk about all that had happened and was still to happen to the nation. At a tavern in Grafton, Connecticut, John Adams decided to make one last attempt to get Samuel on a horse. Riding would be good for your health, he began. Samuel was not concerned with his health. Riding was sociable, John suggested. Samuel said walking was sociable, and riding in a chase could be sociable, too. Well, riding was a more convenient way to get about, John went on. As a leader of the Revolution, Samuel was a busy man and needed to get about easily. Samuel was not interested in convenience. Riding was the fastest way to travel, John observed. In time of war, it was sometimes important to move fast. Still, Samuel was not convinced. If he thought about his escape at Lexington, he didn't mention that. John tried another tack. It was a pity, he said, that early man had gone to such trouble to domesticate an animal, only to have Samuel Adams come along and reject all their work. Samuel Adams said he didn't give two hoots for early man. Then on, John Adams sat back in his chair, took a deep breath. He had one more argument. You should ride a horse for the good of your country, he declared, America would surely be declaring its independence soon, he pointed out, and if all went well, they themselves would be signing such a declaration in Philadelphia. Then they would not just be leaders of a revolution, they would be statesmen of a new nation. John leaned toward his cousin. A proud new nation, he said, a great nation. A republic as Rome had been in ancient times, and whoever heard of a great nation with statesmen who would not ride horseback? John listed the heroes of Roman history. He reviewed the names of Roman senators. All were horsemen, and he would not want Americans to be inferior in the least way. For the first time, Samuel looked thoughtful. After all, he told himself, he had put on silk stockings and a ruffled shirt, so as not to shame the Commonwealth of Massachusetts at the meeting in Philadelphia. How could he refuse to get on a horse if the honor of his country were at stake? How could he put a stain on American history? Indeed, right on the opening chapter. Samuel Samuel closed his eyes and tried to imagine the new nation that John described. Yes, it seemed to him that he could see it. People multiplying, buildings springing up, roads unrolling, and stone statues popping up across the landscape. They were statues of the new nation's first statesmen and they were all on horseback. There was John Adams in stone on a horse, John Hancock in stone on a horse, dozens of George Washingtons on dozens of horses. But try as he might, Samuel could not find a statue of himself in his mind. If he did not ride a horse, he asked himself, maybe he would not even be granted a pedestal. When they were ready to continue the journal, Sam journey, Samuel walked over to Fessenden's horse uh, and eyed it suspiciously. <clears throat> all right, well, I'm going to jump to the end of this. Samuel finally rode a horse, all right? Uh, and that's basically the, the last of the story, but that's the whole book. I'll put this book in the show notes. and uh, And what we're going to do now is... Uh, I'm going to bring on Moose Neck because uh, I told you guys I wanted to get somebody on from Alaska. Moose Neck, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing pretty well. I, I can't complain a bit.
1: Okay. Are these, do you have uh, any kind of uh, any devices or something on? We're getting a real high-pitched squealing from your phone.
6: No, but that that happens quite a lot up here in Alaska, just because of the uh, I guess guess the distance it has to go. Um, That's all right. We'll we'll put up with it. We'll put
1: up with it so that we can get the uh, AAR. We got about five minutes left. So tell us about uh, the shoot, Moose.
2: Next.
6: It was outstanding. I was probably one of the first ones to sign up for it. I'd been um, hearing about it for quite some time, and it asked around Birchwood. I've been a member there for years and I asked around you know if we were ever going to get one and didn't realize I guess they had some things going on uh, in the background. just one day I was in the clubhouse and happened to notice there was a poster up. And uh, I got the web address, went straight home, and signed my family up to uh, do it. And um, it exceeded all of my expectations. I mean, it was fantastic. The the group of instructors that came up were great. I mean, I just I can't begin to tell you how much fun everybody had. The first day was absolutely gorgeous weather. We had a little bit of rain the second day, but that's kind of life in Alaska. One of the things the instructors were kind of having a problem with was uh, the amount of daylight that we had. Even though we're on the downside now, uh, (laughs) they were were kind of put off by, you know, basically being able to see pretty good at midnight. (laughs) Well, that's great. Uh, The only thing thing that stops us uh, a lot of times on some of the events I've been into uh, uh,
1: is the daylight. And uh, if you can keep on going...
6: There's a lot of folks I know that would keep on shooting. How how late did you guys shoot, to? The first day, it it went probably close to about 6.30 in the evening uh, after starting about 8.30 in the morning. Um, And then the second day, I ended up, I've I've got a serious neck injury, and so um, that kind of slows me down a bit. You know, the second day, I had to sit out a little bit. But um, from what I saw when I was kind of uh, starting to pack up, which was around six o'clock, they, they didn't look like they were in any mood to slow down. The head, especially the kids were all really working to get that rifleman patch. They all wanted one really bad. And
1: how many guys did you have? I saw, I believe it was sold out at 61.
6: Yes, it was completely sold out, and we had a line of people just you know, sitting there waiting for uh, any opportunity to get on the line, um, uh, there were several of them, actually. Uh, I'd say probably at least 10 or 15 people are just kind of hanging about, just hoping for the best, and um, I ended up giving my site up on, um, on, you know, my uh, site on the line um, for Sunday afternoon just because of just physical Issues that I just couldn't shoot anymore. But, uh, man, it was one of just watching it was, was great, seeing all the kids out there. And we've got some great shots uh, up here, you know, obviously. And Birchwood's a fantastic facility. Uh, so it was, it was an amazing uh, thing to be a part of, especially the first one. And I've already signed up for the next one in October uh, to take my older daughter and her best friend. We're going we're gonna to go ahead out there. And do that. Now that that that'll probably be a little bit colder and a little bit darker.
1: Well, by October you guys should already be having uh snow there, right?
6: Yeah, quite October fifteenth is that's that's the date of the uh, shoot is generally generally speaking, um, we have snow that's when we start our snow on the ground. You know, we'll have snow before then, uh, especially in the Elevations that you see. I don't know if you ever see when Sarah Palin talks on uh, TV, but the backdrop there is Pioneer Peak. That'll that'll have snow way down, and possibly all the way down by October 15th. Wow. Listen, uh,
1: the English lady just said I've got about 60 seconds left. But here's what I'd like you to do is uh, I'm going to ask Bob to come on next week. If you can make yourself available next week too, so that you can come back on and talk again about it, uh, I'd appreciate that. And between now and then, talk to Sarah Palin into going to one of the apple seeds, uh, going to the October one.
6: I'll try and do it. I see you every once in a while, in All
1: right. Thank you, uh, right. Neck, and I'll I'll be looking for you next Thursday night. Okay.
6: Outstanding. Y'all are doing a great job. Keep it up. Thanks a bunch. All right.
1: Thank you, sir. Okay, guys, uh, I want to thank everybody for calling in tonight. Everybody did a great job uh, on giving their thanks. Get your list ready for next uh, Thursday, and we'll uh, get Bob 210 on. We'll get the rest of the Alaska folks to come on. And uh, we'll see you next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Thank you. God bless everybody, and good night. We're in the